Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and explorer of islands on Animal Crossing. I'm also a huge history nerd. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, and anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day, I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's dig into today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so... Don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff No, it won't be tough, gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 365 On October 10th, 1913, the exciting world of exports and imports was changed forever when the Panama Canal opened. Not to traffic, which wouldn't happen until the next summer, but at least physically. The canal, a man-made 50-mile waterway, connected the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans, making it safe and convenient for the United States to ship cargo and warships. President Woodrow Wilson sent a telegraph from the White House that triggered an explosion at the Gumboa watercourse, the last thing keeping the canal from opening. The explosion caused the Kula Brakut, an artificial valley connecting the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans, to flood, meaning the canal was finally open. But let's reverse. The idea of having a distinct waterway in Panama between the two oceans wasn't new by the time plans for the canal were drawn up. In fact, it went all the way back to 1534, when the king of Spain at the time was looking for a way to facilitate a boat route between Spain and Peru so that they could beat Portugal in war. Panama is something called an isthmus, or a narrow strip of land with sea on both sides that links two larger pieces of land. On the eastern side, Panama has the Caribbean Sea, which feeds into the Atlantic Ocean. The Pacific's on the western side, and North America and South America sandwich, well, the northern and southern sides. At some point in geological history, the isthmus probably didn't exist, or at least had some cut through. Anyways, Panama isn't very wide, and the land seemed like a good spot for a canal. Though, the King of Spain didn't bother to do anything about it. The idea came up in 1788 when Thomas Jefferson, who was hanging out in France at the time, suggested the Spanish build a canal in Panama. The Spanish did some pre-planning but got bored and dropped the idea, as one does. And in 1843, Great Britain stepped on everybody's toes and made plans to construct a canal across the Isthmus of Panama. They even projected to complete the canal in just five years. None of that happened. At this point, the Panama Canal was like an unassembled Ikea desk you just end up keeping in the box until you move. Once Europe gave up on the canal, the United States started thinking, it sounded pretty good. In the mid-19th century, prospectors in the West started digging up gold, leading to a time period called the Gold Rush. The U.S. started shipping materials and gold from New York City to Panama to San Francisco, and it occurred to the folks in the gold business that it would be easier to just sail straight through some of that pesky land. Experts began surveying the land to see if a canal would be possible. 
In the meantime, in 1850, the U.S. built the Panama Railroad, which could transport goods, materials, and workers across the isthmus. Then, the French got involved. In 1877, two engineers submitted a proposal for building a canal. They had proven success in the industry already, since France had previously built the Suez Canal in Egypt, which connected the Mediterranean and Red Seas. The diplomat Ferdinand de Lesseps led construction efforts starting in 1881, but the project did not go well, to say the least. Fun fact about Ferdinand de Lesseps, he's an ancestor of Count Alexandre de Lesseps, ex-husband of Real Housewives of New York star Countess Luanda Lesseps. No one was prepared for the harshness of the Panamanian jungle, the torrential rainy season, and tropical diseases like malaria and yellow fever. And by 1884, as many as 200 workers would die every month. By 1894, people started figuring out the canal, as planned, was probably not going to work. The French were bleeding money. The project cost $287 million, and an estimated 22,000 men were dead. The men involved in planning and designing that canal, including Gustave Eiffel, who, yes, designed the Eiffel Tower, were charged with corruption since they lost so much investor cash. A new French company stepped in to implement a new plan, and they decided it would be best to persuade the United States to take over financially. An important note is that at this point in time, by the way, is that Panama was under Colombian control. The U.S., headed by President Teddy Roosevelt, was pretty big on colonism at the time, at all times, really, and was really interested in a Panama Canal. Well, first it was interested in building a canal in Nicaragua, but the French were persuasive about Panama. In 1902, the Senate voted in favor of the Spooner Act, which authorized the purchase of the French assets involved in building the failed canal. The U.S. struck a deal with Colombia to lease the land they intended to build the canal on, but the Colombian Senate didn't ratify the deal, so the U.S. ended up supporting a Panamanian effort to separate from Colombia, and once that happened, they negotiated with the new Panamanian government. Let's just say it was all very United Statesian. So, now the United States was finally ready to start constructing the canal. They formally began construction in 1904, working through the rest of Roosevelt's term, as well as Taft's. When Woodrow Wilson was elected in 1912, the canal was almost complete. It was a daunting project. Conditions were a little better for workers under U.S. control than they did during the French project, in large part because medicine improved significantly in the early 20th century. But still, from 1904 to 1913, about 5,600 workers died from disease or construction accidents. And that brings us to October 10th. Two steam shovels had been working from opposite directions of the isthmus. And by May, they met in the middle. Man-made dams set up for the project were closed, and water swelled up in a man-made lake designed to flood. On the afternoon of October 10th, Wilson blew up the Gumboa waterway by touching a button in Washington, according to the New York Times report at the time. He sent a telegraph to project leaders at the canal site. The waterway blew up, and the canal was flooded. Now, presidents have a lot of buttons that they can trigger explosions including um, nuclear ones, but the concept was more novel in the early 20th century. The canal officially opened to ship traffic about 10 months later, on August 15th, 1914, and it's still in use today. Around 35 to 40 ships pass through the canal each day, although the U.S. transferred control to Panama in the 1970s. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now for our fun music fact of the day. On October 10th, 1902, the Gibson Mandolin Guitar Company was founded by Orville Gibson in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Gibson ended up inventing the arctop guitar, and though he died in 1918, by the 1930s his company was making flat-top acoustic guitars and early electric guitars. In 1952, Gibson, by then the Gibson Guitar Corporation, started selling a guitar called the Gibson Les Paul which has gone through many iterations and is one of the most popular solid-body electric guitars of all time. The guitar was named after jazz and blues guitarist Les Paul, who also happened to be a guitar builder, and came up with a design for solid-body electric, though ultimately Gibson went with a different design. Paul died in 2009. And for our final segment of the day, I'm going to go look into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on October 10th in my life. On October 10th, I had just flown to Washington, D.C. for the first time to perform in a festival, my very first festival, the All Things Go Fall Classic 2019. So I wasn't performing yet. That will probably be my fact tomorrow. But I had just gone to D.C. for the first time, and my hotel room was sick. I think I made a bunch of TikToks because I was so excited about the way that it looked. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was like adding another list of the cities that I, I have gone to and been lucky enough to go to. And that wraps up this episode of 365 Days with MXM Tune. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to it. Don't forget, you can also follow at 365 Days MXM Tune on all socials to keep up to date as we release new episodes. That's all for today. I will talk to you tomorrow. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so... Don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff No, it won't be tough, gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 